Beautiful tune and this wonderful cup of community coffee could only mean one thing. That's right. Another episode of the Toter Tales brought to us by our good friends ERS Gunite, my boy Tyler Boston, man. 972-935-5769. Check him out. I invite you to dive into spring with ERS Gunite for all your pool making needs. But I think he can do anything. Let's face it, anything concrete related for sure. But I don't know if there's a problem you might have that Tyler Boston can't fix. He's got his boy Bobo Green on it, too. That helps a lot. Having a good crew backing you up, that's something I've always preached. you got to have a good people surrounding you. Tyler Boston, ERS Gunite, he's got the crew to make you do. Man, I think I'm a slogan-making machine. Here we are, episode eight. I can't believe eight of them already. We're trying to get one rolled out every week. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode. My wife told me... Uh, she said, I move too much. She said, I fidget. I move. That's right. You know what I told her? Nothing. You don't know why? Because I'm not dumb. You know, been married long, but I ain't been married long enough. You know what I mean? To have the, the brass to come with. Let me tell you something about you that you don't know, right? Gentlemen, that's never a good idea, especially around the holidays, let's face it. So I just thought to myself, I shouldn't have got a chair that moves so much. As I said, yes, ma'am, and of course, I'll try to stay a little more solid. Welcome back to Mikasa. Here we are. A beautiful office. My boy Scott McGill made this. This is, that's real wood right there. That's the Diamond Bar Cow brand. Love it. Getting to surround ourselves. You know, we don't get to use this a lot in the winter. So uh, it's been my makeshift recording studio. Been having a lot of fun. Good times. Let's have a little Christmas recap. Hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. Hope everybody got to travel safe. Hope you made it through all the planes getting uh, sidelined. Sounded like travel was hectic. Talked to my boy Jess Tierney. It's a toter tales. Of course, I'm going to mention his name. Uh, he flew to Nashville on Christmas Eve. He said, uh, just for future reference, that's a terrible idea. So, But we had a good Christmas. You know, uh, We talked a little bit on some of my videos on Facebook how my daughter's uh, Christmas Eve service at the church, it was our job to deliver the manger and baby Jesus. And Stella had informed me that she was in no way a babysitter. I am not a babysitter. I tried telling your mom the same thing, but turns out when it's your kid, you're not babysitting. It's just parenting. So I was a little worried about it. I'm not going to lie to you. They looked adorable. My wife always has them dressed up so beautiful. It's got to be one of the most attractive things about my wife as a mother is how she always has our kids dressed to the nines. And she is such a great mom. It's awesome to watch. So they're dressed up. They're looking sharp. You know, I had on one of my sweet coats. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I went through several pair of pants. So holidays have hit me a little more be below the old belt, if you will. But uh, so Stella, we decide, okay, she's going to throw a fit about bringing baby Jesus down the deal. What if we send them and she takes the manger and then Cambry Kate, you bring baby Jesus. Now listen here, Cambry Kate, here's the problem. You don't get to keep this baby Jesus. Baby Jesus is always inside you and he's always with you, but this baby Jesus needs to stay at the altar. <laughs> so, you know, it worked. It went perfectly. The girls did a great job. They wore their angel wings. They uh, had their little halos on. It was awesome. It was a special night. Yeah, I love Christmas Eve service at our church. It's amazing. We all circle up, sing Silent Night, Candlelight Style. Our niece, Chelsea Page, she is a singer. Okay, and I told her, I said, you know what, Here, this will make my life complete. At my funeral, I want you to sing Black Velvet, Alana Miles. I think she'd be amazing. So I said, there we go. I got it all lined out. I'm good to go now, man. Got everything, you know, you always plan for ahead. But, uh, yeah, Alana Miles, I think she would rip it. And I said, you know I'll be jamming, too. Jamming. Christmas, we had a great time. Baby delivery went great. My boy Asa smoked some of that good Diamond Bar Branch beef. Right here, ranch raised, grass-fed, and corn-finished. Smoked us a brisket. And I'm going to tell you about Oasa, all right? He's not going to tell you this, but he, he's, a, he's a cooksman, all right? That man knows how to smoke the meat. And, uh, man, he did a great job. Our brisket was outstanding. Had a big dinner. It was a lot of fun. Uh, cousins came up. We spent uh, Christmas at my mother-in-law's. And Steph's cousins came up. We played a little, some cards. We played some games. Uh, did you know that if... So we did play the game called Say It Without Saying It. And so one, like you'd roll the dice, and then there'd be a like, okay, you got to act it out. You can't say any words, right? And, I mean, there was like those times that my wife were all, because it's a gamble. Now, if you're going to play holiday games with your significant other, your wife, 
your girlfriend, boyfriend, fiancés, whatever they are, okay? If you're going to play any Christmas games with your significant other, it's a, it's a test to your relationship. Because instead of just a simple game, what it becomes is a, a true testament to how much you love the person and how well you communicate, okay? That's what it is. Now, as a guy... We see it as a, com a competition, and naturally, I'm super competitive, so like I'm all in. Like, focus. The tube's flipping. I need you to have thoughts, right? You don't want to go too conceptual. You want to be a little broader. Don't do something that's close and personal to you that I may not know. I mean, I'm firing off clues here. I mean, I'm straight Vince Vaughn out of, out of Four Christmases, you know what I mean? However, <laughs> my wife and I, like, we got on the same page on a few, you know what I mean? Use one-syllable words, and I didn't know this. My Sue... My mother-in-law informed all of us that you can, you know, one syllable, right? So like syllable, like that, bam, bam, bam. Didn't know that. That was an awesome trick. Because I didn't really know it was one syllable either. And I loved English in college. Like I studied it. Like I should have been better at that. Had a great time. Ended up great. Had fun. Lost some money to the poker game to the cousin Brandon. Turns out he's kind of a card shark. And I am not. But had a big time. Then it was back to the practice pen, man. We made it through the weekend. Been tripping steers, tying steers, been team roping this week. You know, we've got uh, we've got this one last week here. Then New Year starts off. We get rocking and rolling. Odessa next week. It's it's such an exciting time because now is when you start getting the callbacks for your Denver, for, you know, Houston, Odessa, which we didn't official, but I'm tripping steers and I'm excited to go. Super Tuesday roping. A lot of good stuff. But that's what it's fun because this time of year it's like opening Christmas presents and then you're opening your draw your callbacks. You know, here comes Fort Worth. All right, uh, being sixth in the world last year, we got to go pick our own um, region finals, I guess, for the American. So it's a lot of fun. We're gonna be in Tulsa, the third through the fifth. I think we just have to go the fifth. But so it's a lot of fun. You know, you're opening all those callbacks. Everything's coming at you, and he starts really getting everything kind of pulled into 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 perspective. Like, man, here we are. We're ten days out. We're ten days from starting the new year. I take off again, be gone two more weeks. I mean, it's like enjoy this time at home, but then you also kind of have that, that energy coming of like the new season, a lot of new fun things. So water leak, we talked about it last time. Man, embracing the suck, right? That's why I talked about hardest thing is steer roping. Embracing the suck of downtimes, knowing there's going to be sunnier ones ahead. Well, we had one of those this week. Mother-in-law, we've had a lot of water leak over there. It's been up and down. We've been searching. We've been fine. I mean, like we have everything I know to do to find a water leak. You know, you find a puddle of water, you scrape underneath of it, and you try to figure out if it's bubbling from the ground. If it's not, I mean, like Jed Clampett showed us years ago. That's how you discover oil even. So we bebop along. Finally, we find us a spot. The ground's kind of been frozen, so we got us a fresh water spot. I'm like, all right, boys, we're headed to rent the machine. Let's dig it up. Get rolling. Everybody has their spots figured out. They would think that, you know, they're suspect. So poor Asa, he digs his thing. He dug like 80 or 100 feet. Nothing there. Dang. Come to the corner now. It makes a big old sweep in 90. And uh, Asa found it. And we took it apart. <laughs> so I don't know if we created a water leak or if we're fixing one. But the water is shut off to mother-in-law. So it's imperative that yesterday it gets fixed. Well, now our hole's filled up with water. We brought all the connections to the barn. We've gotten everything lined out. We're ready to go. We're attacking this thing. All three of us take the pumps out there, tr 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 pumping water, draining it down. Well, and then I starting to get lunch a little after. I said, all right, fellas, I got to go rope. Here's what we got to do. Finish this up. I got to rock and roll. So I'm headed over to practice. The guys are in there. Now, poor J-Dub. He's just J-Dubbing. Now, he's already been a little J-Dubbing, all right? Now, let me set the scene. The day before, Ace is out there. It's blowing cold, miserable wind. And he's on this open cab digger, and he's just digging it up. Aces or J-Dub's at the barn. He's been in the truck feeding cows. Like, not that miserable of a day. Now, day two, J-Dub jumps down in the hole. He's going, you know, I think that's important. When you got a team, like, you got to, hey, I'm always willing, when I'm at the ranch, I always try to take the worst job, right? Like, as the, as the leader of the pack, it's my job to, when we have a job that really, really bites, like, that's the one I'm doing. Show show the people that are helping you that I'm willing to do anything it takes to get this job done, right? In fact, that could be our signature quarters moment right there. Always be willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And especially if you're in any kind of, of a leader role, 
That's when people jump on your, your wagon. That's when they really hook to and say, you know, this is this is the ship that I'm riding with. Always be willing to jump down there. I'll pick stalls. I'll be, you know, cutting the pipe, slinging pipe, holding it up around, whatever it takes. Like, I'm going to try to do the hardest part to let people know. Like, when we set all the uprights for my the cover on my walker, like, I'm the one getting a hold of it. I'm the one tamping the concrete. I'm the one that has to dig the hole out if it needs moved over a little bit. Like, I got the post hole diggers in my hand. But yesterday, that was J-Dub's part. Right, he does a great job. He just J dubs it right down in the hole. He fixes the first little bit, got it done. All right. Well, meanwhile, it's like sinking. Right, he's just quicksanding. Now he's stuck. Like he's to his knees. He's stuck. So he's trying to move, and I don't know if anybody's ever been in that good old Oklahoma gumbo, right? But you are concreted in. There's no going anywhere. You're stuck. You try to wiggle. The more you fight it, the harder it keeps you. So J-Dub has to take his old knife, pops it out, runs it down the back of his leg, cuts loose of one boot. The other boot just sucked off of him. Now he's barefoot looking like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn out there trying to fix the water leak. <laughs> I call him and be like, hey, man, your horse felt great. Thanks for letting me trip a few on him today. You know, he's really loving that. He gave me the what for. Hey, this is the last water leak that I'm fixing on this place. And I said, eh, I doubt it. Like, we're going to probably have more, so... Be happy. Embrace the suck. You got paid last week to rope. Always give and take, man. Give and take. But J-Dub was upset yesterday. He was ready to... He was telling me, he's like, next time we got a water leak, I'm taking your horses. All right? And I'm going to go rope and let you fix it. And I was like, hey, if I'd have been there, I would have. We got bigger fish to fry. We got stuff to do. We got rodeos coming up, places coming up. We got to get going, baby. Because I love this week of, between Christmas and New Year's. You know, A, because I go hunting with my uncle. Me and the buddies load up. We head out western Kansas. We tell a lot of stories. Some of them probably not true. Most of them. <laughs> we have a good time. We hang out and we um, just embrace the downtime. Because this is kind of the last big week of like, whew, and then it fires up and it's madness again for the next three to six months. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've looked at like all year every opportunity and i talked about it at the national finals like trying to find the opportunities in everything good and bad right and so i think like this week being my favorite week of the year between christmas and new year's ou football is going to play in a bowl game that we hopefully hopefully keep up with need to try to have an over 500 season but i love the opportunity this week to reflect on like what you know this past year let's reflect on the past let's let's look back you know, and I think about it where it hits home with me a lot is whenever I look at old pictures of myself, like when I maybe I'd been dieting or, you know, I was counting calories or I was fasting or whatever. And, and like still in that moment, I remember being unhappy with the way I looked like, oh, man, I need to tighten it up here. I need to do this and that. And then now you look back and it may be a year ago. And you're like, man, I look good right there. Right. Sometimes it takes a little time to get a little appreciation back for what hard work that a man was doing. Because when you're in the fight, you're, you're so focused on the, the next goal, the next step. And so I think back, you know, looking at all the old pictures from this past year. Man, we had a great year. Like, it was fun. We had a, a blessed year, the fact that, you know, all of our horses made it through the year. You know, we had just some minimal injuries, you know, which are going to happen. You know, we made it through the year safely. You know, we, uh, <laughs> we still have the ranch. So, I mean, it's just the little things that when you can get frustrated with a high water bill because of a leak or – you can get frustrated with a high vet bill because of a strain suspensory or, a, you know, whatever your situation. When you're in the fight, you're always looking for the next goal. And then I, I love the opportunity to reflect and look back and say, man, it was a successful year. Look at how great it was. And it really hit me home because at the national finals this year in round 10, you know, it's been an up and down week emotionally. And, and uh, like we've talked about that, being able to, to learn a lot, move forward. But round 10, Tiff and I, like, we always have our, like, little five minutes as I'm getting my rope picked out or my bridle, whatever adjustments I'm making, you know, with the tack room, with the trailer, and we're visiting. And she says, hey, how was it? Like, what are you feeling tonight? And I was like, you know, disappointed because a year previous, I said, this will be my last round 10 where there's not more pressure on this steer. In other words, it's not to win the average or to win a gold buckle or like I want to walk in that round 10 where you're nervous because this steer means so much, right? Which the steer means a lot anyways. I mean, it's $27,000 or $29,000 day money. But my point is I want more attached to it than that. So I said, I'm disappointed that I'm not in a better situation for this last steer. I said, but I can honestly tell you now, looking back, 
throughout the year there were times when we'd be rodeoing. It would be times when I had missed, let's say, the high teamer at Dodge City. You know, I'd come back not, you know, third or fourth callback. And here I got an opportunity to win really good, sew the circuit finals up. Like it was a pressure run, and I missed. And I remember being so deflated and so mad and just irritated and grr, you know. And, and, and then there was the week after I lost Admiral that I struggled on Jesse James. I mean, he's an amazing head horse, and I struggled on him for a week. And I remember it being just, ugh, it was like the end of the world times when I was in the fight. And here I was, round 10, looking back, and the whole year, looking back on the whole year, and I told Tiff, I said, I can honestly tell you right now, I cannot rem recall and bring back those feelings, those emotions that were devastating in August, that were devastating in July. I cannot drum those up. I can't, I don't remember a time and situation that I was so disappointed. So what that showed me was right there, it doesn't matter. Throughout the year, it's not the end of the world, right? It's just an opportunity to get better. It's an opportunity to grow. Because at the end of the year, round 10, I'm not going to remember what this disappointment felt like. I'm not going to pick this thought out right here and remember this disappointment. On round 10 night, I remember the good people that helped us throughout the year. I remember the good times we had. I remember the good golf games. I remember the good victories, the good runs, the all-night drives, the fun conversations, the great camaraderie with all the people. Like at the end of our body of work, that's what I remember. Not how devastating and disappointed I was that I missed at Dodge City. And that really struck me hard, you know, before round 10. Because it is, it's a, it's a grind, man. All year long, you're out there, A, you're trying to make money. Let's be honest. This is what we do for a living. This is what a lot of people give their good hard-earned time for. You know, a lot of people, you know, give me their time to, to get me better. You know, just like John Wayne and AC yesterday. Fixing that water leak so I could be practicing getting better, you know. Whether you pay them or not, like whether that's, an, an, you know, their job or not. For somebody to be able to help me go saddle, get ready so I can go practice and they can go finish getting down there in the hole and embracing the suck so I can get better. That's somebody giving of their time. And those are the things that are valuable in life. As I'm starting to get older, I'm starting to reflect. I'm starting to learn. Just like this good community coffee. Pecan praline this morning. This baby is rolling, right? I mean, when you can go to the Keurig and do a double cup. Anybody ever double cup the Keurig? You know, where you run it once. Because, like, these big cups, they're bigger than my coffee cups. So you can get you a run on the Keurig, dump it in, get you a rerun. She's still just as stout. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? You're saving money by spending money. That's how it is. That's why I say skip on over and get you some pecan praline community coffee. But, like I said, people giving their time, right? That's what we reflect on. That's what I look back. <clears throat> and it's funny because that's what I remember. And as I start looking forward now, you know, some of the my funnest victories this last year, of course, the all around at Cheyenne. That was so fun. Like that was something that was so out of left field, so unexpected, you know. And I've been grinding. We've been working hard on the steer roping lately because our majors are coming up. Like they're right off the bat, pop, pop. Odessa, San Antonio, right off the bat, tripping first two weeks of the year. So, man, we've been grinding because my whole goal last year when I started was I wanted to win enough money to get into San Antonio. I knew that could set up this year, and let's try to make a run at making the national finals in the steer rope. And I know how far I'm behind. Like, I'm <clears throat> one thing I've tried to come into steer roping with is a humbleness that I can, like, I truly value how great those guys are at their job. Like, it's amazing. When you watch the greats go, when you watch Rocky Patterson, Cole Patterson, Jess Tierney, Scott Snedeker, you know, Cody Lee, these guys that just, they make it look effortless. And so you think anybody can do that. But there is so much fun stuff to learn in it. And, like, one thing I've been studying this week a lot is cutting the fat. Like, I want to cut the fat from the run. I talk about it in the head and all the time. The, only, the best way to get faster is to cut the fat out of your run. Not, not when a student shows up here and they talk about reaching. You know, they show up, they want to go faster. Well, we're not just going to walk over and start reaching. We're not just going to walk over and... You know, here it is. Here's how you be three. You throw your rope in the box. Like, that's not what we're going to start. What we're going to do is we're going to take your run. We're going to take what you do. Go show me your first round at the jackpot run, right? And then we're going to cut that out. Okay. Well, we're wasting three strides right here. Every time that steer takes a stride, that's three-tenths of a second. So there's, there's a second cut out of your run. 
All right, now we're going to cut out a stride here, and we're going to cut out a stride there, cutting the fat from the run so that you're making the leanest run possible, right? And honestly, in my game, that's the easiest place to cut the fat is in the roping. <clears throat> but one of the things that I've noticed in steer roping is it's hard to, to, to recognize where my fat is, right? Like, I want this thing trimmed down to a nice little sirloin, right? Not a lot of marbling. And right now I'm staring at a ribeye. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of fat in my steer open rod. And that's what I've been working on is, so how do you attack it? Well, because I told, you know, I told Steph the other day, I said, I don't have a great swing thought. And that's big for me. When I walk in the box when I'm heading, I have a swing thought. When I'm golfing, I have a swing thought. And it's a great way to focus your mind. Steer open, I have like 47 swing thoughts. <laughs> that's why it's difficult. So it's been fun watching and, and trying to grow and work on stuff. Is like, okay, you know, let's, let's break down a video of the ledge. I've got one video from guy the ledge Allen right or riding Jeremiah spitting one out in nine at Coleman Oklahoma or Coleman Texas I watch that run all the time I count his steps in between when he takes off from his horse I try to make meaningful cuts right because you can get lost in the rabbit trails and that's one thing we talk a lot about roping and team roping in particular is is you don't want to go chasing rabbits we don't want to just jump down holes and, and just hope this is going to fix it right because that's what we did Growing up, Jake and I would just come up with this idea. Maybe we saw it on a poster. You know, did you ever see the one where the guys are reaching for their slack and their hands turned over? Right? And you're like, that's what I've been missing. So then for the next three weeks, I'm throwing my heel rope, trying to really knife it off in there. And then you start chasing those little rabbits. All of a sudden, you, your consistency goes kaput. And then you level off and you don't get anywhere. Right? So I've always tried to make meaningful changes. That's one thing when I went to roping with Speedy, you know, he watches videos, he breaks it down, we go frame by frame, we look at it so that you make meaningful changes. Like make meaningful changes in your game. Something you can believe in and I always say, I need to know why. Like explain the why. If you tell me I need to swing backwards, I'm going to say why. And if you say because, I'm not swinging backwards. But if you can explain to me why that works, you know, when you talk to somebody about, you need to drop your elbow. Everybody's been told, yo, you don't drop your elbow. Don't drop your elbow. Well, if I tell you to drop your elbow, you're going to say, why? Well, here's why. Because if this is the top strand of my rope, that's my Honda, and here's my bottom strand. And I swing it this way. However, I cannot deliver it this way. The only way to turn that thing over, oh, is to allow my elbow to drop. That's right. See, it's coming in for all you Top Gun fans. Inverted. And the only way to invert that, dropping your elbow. Once you understand why, we can buy in. So that's what we've been trying to find the last few weeks in my steer roping. Because it takes a lot of effort, man. It's You're sore. I am, I am sore. When I lay off for a few days, and then we get back on the Ledge Maker 2000, that's my dummy horse and my sled, and, and I get to working on my game, man, it's, you're a sore Jose when we're done. And it's a 30-minute drive from the arena back to my house so that's just far enough to really get stove up where you come walking out crippled but that's what we've been working on cutting the fat you know and I, I go to thinking about you know let's take that further than my rope and how am I going to cut the fat reflecting on last year you know profitable good year now moving forward let's let's try to plan for next year okay well let's cut the fat out of just more than our rope and where is it going to take meaningful steps to be better than I am now. So in 2023, when I reflect back, it was a better year than 2022. And 2022 was a great year, man. But I think one thing that's changed my mentality was the first few times I started making the NFR, right? 2014, 2015, we used to go with my parents. Uh, New Year's Eve, we'd go up to a little casino and our whole family would kind of hang out and celebrate and ring in the new year. And it was a lot of fun. And I'll never forget that first year that I went up there. It was 2014, I'm wearing my mirage coat from the finals and you know it is the, the night's winding down here goes 2014 year and now we're looking forward to 2015 and I remember being scared thinking how can it ever top this how can it ever top this you know and I think we're I think we're all guilty of that how can it ever be better than it is right now I don't know I don't know that's a lot of pressure you know you start getting a lot of anxiety feeling about it like oh man I don't know I don't know if I can repeat that that was a great year. Cinderella season. Had an awesome year. Got to rodeo with my best friend. We had a lot of fun. Won some bigger opens. We made the finals. You know, got to go out there for the first time. It was awesome. And then I realized those are limiting thoughts. 
it's great to be gracious for it. It's great to, to look back with gratitude, but don't be limiting about it, you know? Look for the opportunity to say, hey, next year's going to be even better, baby. <laughs> Just watch out. Here we go. And I think that's been the biggest change, I can honestly say, eight years later from making the NFR the first time to the seventh time when I went. Here we are in 2022, and opportunities. If a guy will keep looking for the opportunities, where is he going to get better? Where are you going to cut the fat? Where's the opportunity to get better? You know, I started planning on to the new year. Everybody always says, new year, new me, baby. I say it myself. That's right. But I think that's an unrealistic goal. You know, when we start saying, new year, new me, that's saying I'm going to shed all this skin and I'm going to a new me. This is what we're going to do. And I've been guilty of it. I start off strong, right? Day one, hmm, bounce through it. Yep, here we are. No calories, no carbs, cutting this out, doing whatever. And then about 10 days into it, you're like, you know what? That's a terrible idea, <laughs> right? And then we fall on our face. It happens all the time. That's why nobody ever keeps their New Year's resolution. You know, you look at the word resolution. I didn't ever understand that. Like, what is a resolution when a guy looks at I had it wrote down somewhere because I wanted to know, like, what is the definition of resolution? It's a firm decision to do or not to do something, right? I didn't understand that. I understand goals. Not new year, new me. I'm going to say new year improved me. Where am I looking to improve? You know, Trey Johnson talks all the time about let's be 1% better. If we're 1% better, and that's, I mean, that's that much. Like, that's just a teensy-winsy little bit. Let's go 1% better tomorrow. Let's be 1% better. What's 1% look like? You know? If I walked 100 steps today, that means I'm walking 101 tomorrow. I can do that. If I rope the dummy 10 times today, that means I rope it 11 times tomorrow. So if I get 1% better, if I cut 1% out of this steer open run, what does that run look like in 365 days? When we're looking back next year, what's that run look like? What do I look like? And that's a realistic goal, right? That's a realistic task that I'm going to give myself. Here I'm sitting at 37 years old now, and I get to thinking, you know, I'm fixing to be 38. No spring chicken, even though I'm 240 athletic, as I like to say. That is something, you know, I look back for this year. And my weight is always something that's been hard for me. Like it's my big frame, baby, and I can carry it. You know what I mean? I like pecan pie. That's how it gets down. You give me a Brahms milkshake, daddy's pretty happy, right? And, uh, but it's something I've always like, it, it, it is not hard for me to, to get up there 260 and carry it. And, uh, you know, I was always like, man, I, I'd look back and I'd say, wow, you know, we'd start trying to lose weight before we go to the finals and I'd start doing this. I'd count calories. I'd doing whatever. I was trying to make a lot of changes to just where I wouldn't have to shrink so much before the finals. And, uh, this year I came home and, uh, you know, I was actually about 10 pounds lower than I was the previous year when I came home and started losing weight. So I was like, wow, you know, for the year, when you look at it, for the year, I did great, you know. Now, there's going to be the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and the rides and rolls, but looking at it from the year, man, we did great. 1%. That's all I got to do. Now we're going to be 38. Now it's important. I'm going to have to start working out more. Got to open that app every morning. You know, Steph and I got on the kick. We were working out every morning, getting up, and it's amazing how much more clear you were, just much better I felt. And I don't even know if it's because I'm doing that. I mean, I'm not doing that extensive of a workout. You know, not like I'm working out with Trey Johnson. I went one time with him. One time I went and worked out with Trey Johnson. That's all it took. Super Tuesday rope. And that morning, he tells me the day before, he's like, yeah, and you know how it is. You're always like, hey, man, oh, when you go work out sometime, holler at me. I'd love to go with you. You know, when you say that, you ever said that? You ever just kind of brought one of those? Oh, we, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., really? Oh, you know, I don't know if I have sneakers. Oh, there they are. I see them. Right? So it's 5 a.m. Trey takes me to the gym in, in uh, Weird Odessa, Texas. And I'm like, is this smart? Like, today's like the first major roping of the year. Like, maybe I shouldn't. Like, I need to be able to pick my arm up, you know? So I'll never forget, walk in, it's 5 o'clock. It's dark outside. And there's not, like, amazingly, there's a lot of people in the gym. You know, it's impressive. But it's, hey, first of the year, everybody got a gym membership, right? So I got bebopping in there. He's like, hey, let's get on the treadmill. We're going to run two miles. I'm like, we are. Okay. All right. I don't even know the last time I ran two miles. So I get on there and I huff and puffer. You know what I mean? And I blow that house down, baby. Two miles down. I'm like, awesome. Thanks, Trey. Awesome workout. Q. 
catch it the next one. He's like, no, 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 no. Now we're going to go in here and do some, I don't know what he called it. I don't want to say calisthenics. I don't know. It was like P90X stuff, right? When you're doing mountain climbers and we're burping, right? <laughs> and then he's, I'll never forget, he's like, okay, now you're going to lay on your back and you're going to take your right elbow, bam, left knee, left elbow, right knee, bam, 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 bam. And I'm just, ah! And his buddy that was helping him drive, he's sitting there next to me, you know, and he's working out too. He's looking at me kind of funny. He's like, hey, man, if I start crying, don't worry about it. You just be you, all right? Don't be scared to shed them tears. I call that the crying turtle. I don't know what he had his exact term word for it. So I get I make it through the P90X sesh. I'm like, oh. So now this time I roll over and I'm like, thanks, Trey. That was awesome. That was awesome. I'll catch you the next one. He's like, no, man, now we got to go lift. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? I came here to work out, not work it all out. You know what I mean? So going over lift a little bit. But I'll tell you one thing I did take away from that when we got done. He said, eat 30 grams of protein, you won't be sore. And I'll be dang if I wasn't. But that was also the last time I worked out with Trey Johnson. So, I mean, mine haven't been that extensive, right? But, man, it's amazing how clear I was in the afternoon. It's amazing how sharp I was, how much better I felt, you know? Get to moving now. I'm 38. Tendons aren't as good as they used to be, you know? Stepping off a horse and running down there trying to tie. And I want to be good. Like, I'm not trying to be good. I tell J-Dub all the time, we rope in this arena. We're not trying to be good. We're trying to be great. That's our level of expectation. That's where we're trying to get to. What's 1% of that look like? Well, for me... It starts with inside of here. We're going to have to get a little more fit. You know, I'm already limber. Let's face it. You guys have already seen it, right? That's why the push-ups were so easy because I missed so many. We talked about that in my practice sessions, making them worth something, doing some workouts, doing some push-ups, making those practices worth it. But uh, now it's time to go full bore. You know, we're going to take it on the road with us. I got a really sweet TheraPlate thing, too, that my, uh, that my niece got me with some workout stuff on it. I'm really excited about that. And I got the monkey feet thing, you know, that holds a dumbbell while you can do your leg raises and stuff. Pretty excited about that. So here I've got opportunity. Now am I going to take grass? You know, that's one thing I always talk about. Um, whenever I whenever I talk to people, you know, whenever I do these podcasts, in my mind, my audience is always somebody younger, hearing some advice, and what's something that might serve them well, right? That's kind of where I'm always gearing it to. Uh, Mainly because I don't ever want to disrespect my elders, right, and try to boss at anybody. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to come from an angle of if I, had a ki- if I was in high school or college and I heard this, what do I want to tell the 20-year-old Coleman that will serve him better than what I know he did? <laughs> Let's be honest. And, you know, I was out there at the finals. I signed autographs, and uh, there was a girl that came up, and her grandma, it must be, uh, grandma, mom, I don't know how they related, but they, uh, she said, she's just starting to hit i'm like oh cool i was like that's great man you're starting to and so i make some generic comment about you know you there's maybe she just started to rope and it's okay you're starting to you know you're gonna be a header or a healer you know just generic comment and she says well she wants to head but we don't have a horse so she's waiting on the horse and i don't know why it struck a chord to me because i always kind of have that like you know if there's something that somebody needs to hear like put it through me i would love to be that voice whatever you know like if it so if it comes to me then i just put it out there because I asked for it, you know. I asked for the op- op- opportunity to like, hey, if somebody needs to hear something, show it to me. I would love to be that person. And uh, so I don't know why that struck me. It struck me right here inside. And I looked at that nice little girl. And I understood it, though, you know. Because I remember being a little kid. I remember wanting a rig, you know. I remember wanting a truck and trailer. My dad and I at the U.S. Finals driving around there looking at them, you know, just looking at all these beautiful rigs. And I was wanting one so bad I couldn't stand it. I mean, I had a Suburban and a two-horse, you know. I remember driving around there, and my dad told me, he said, never quit dreaming, son. Never quit dreaming. He said, you always put, plan your work and work your plan. Let it resonate in your heart. See those. See yourself driving that rig, and you'll have one. And I did. That's how you got it, you know. And that was something that hit me. I mean, I was 14 years old when I heard that so here I stand now I'm 38 37 and this little girl's looking at me I knew it was like not to have a horse I knew it was like to not have a head horse and I said hey sweetie I want to tell you something that that I hope serves you well you always remember this God won't bless the man leaning on the shovel he blesses the one digging the hole all right opportunities come when you prepare yourself for them so you start roping your dummy you start thinking about what color that horse is going to be you start thinking about the way he's going to score. You know, some of the, my best times ever when I would have a plan come together. You know, I'd be in, 
I was roping the dummy the first time, 2007. I was wanting to head for Jake Long. I'd gone out, I'd bought a head horse. I'm standing in my yard. Sartania showed me a lot of cool tricks on the dummy. Taught me how to head, really. And uh, I'm out there working it out, working it out. And I just heard about this horse, Preacher. Now, a little side story. Preacher belonged to my good friend, Jimmy Lawrence. And we'd bred a lot of mares there and stuff. And I'll never forget, I had an opportunity to buy a Preacher. And then I'd sent my dad by there to look at him. And he said, ah, he's just kind of a big old ugly-headed horse. He said, I wouldn't buy him over that other one you're looking at. And uh, I had a chance to buy him that day for $10,000. And I passed on it. Like, I didn't even go look at him, right? Well, now Preacher's had a lot of success. He's gone along. He's done this and that. Now Jimmy wants to sell him. Well, now he caught, ended up, when I went back and bought him, he cost 40000 right? And uh, I'll never forget to open the dummy. I don't have 40000 to give. You know, the guy, he wanted he wanted 35000 at the time. And uh, I'll never forget this. I was roping the dummy, and I just couldn't see myself winning without that horse. Like, I just, as I roped, you know, this other horse didn't have quite that move. He didn't have quite that score. He just... I just didn't see myself winning without him. And so it got put in my heart right then. And I remember what my dad said. You dream it, son. You just don't ever dream it. Like, don't ever quit dreaming it. Make a plan and work your plan. So I thought, well, if I can't buy him, maybe I can lease him. So I called Jimmy up. I said, hey, man, how about leasing that horse? And he said, absolutely. Love to. Jimmy's a good friend of ours. Helped me out a lot. So I leased him. I get him, and I mean, steer to. And I got, now, mind you, like, I had to go buy the insurance for him i mean i'm already two grand deep before we get going i mean i'm a broke college kid i don't but i knew the level of possibilities right it was in my heart i could see it rope the dummy i felt it right third steer that's what it took first steer that horse ran right up behind him i roped i couldn't get him pulled off and then choo, he was gone second one bam same thing and i'm thinking uh-oh maybe i made a mistake but i was like no i can feel it like i, I feel it's supposed to work steer three Steer three. I stepped that horse up and away when I threw my rope, and the rest was history, man. Rope the dummy. That's how I always found it. I was at Houston, roping with Jake Long. It was 2014. And uh, I'm roping the dummy. Same thing, man. All I got is old switchblade, and I got, you know, which are good horses. They're great horses. But I didn't have that game changer. I had a game changing healer, and I thought I had some talent and some knowledge now and some work ethic. So, where, you know, I needed that game changing horse. And boy, I'm just thinking how we're going to do it. Now we're going to do this. And I'm at Houston roping the dummy. And once again, I don't see myself winning on what I got. I'm roping the dummy and I'm feeling it. And I get to thinking, I just start rolling it through that index of horses. Boom. Carmen starts sticking out. Speedy's horse that he had. And I remember Speedy telling me if he didn't win good at the American or somewhere else, he was going to have to, he's going to have to sell him, you know? And I get to thinking about that horse. I get to thinking about that run. I get to thinking about how that can all go together. I even start roping the dummy in the style that would fit that horse. And uh, I'll never forget. I start roping it. I start feeling it. It's Friday night, 9 o'clock. I start making phone calls. First one, Speedy. Speedy, I need to buy your horse, and you need to sell him. He said, Coleman, he's fast. I don't want to sell him. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was like, Speedy, is he a jackpot horse? And he said, no. I said, are you going to rodeo? He said, no. I said, I'm rodeo. I need a rodeo horse. I need that horse. I never threw a leg over Carmen. I think I did. I, now that's a lie. I did. I run one steer on him maybe at the Wildfire Pro-Am short round one time, just running there and roped. Like, but never like a meaningful steer, right? I healed behind him, and I just felt it. I knew that in my heart of hearts, that was the horse I needed. So then I had to start making phone calls. Call the bank. Got a good banker. Thank God. Got a good friend, Shane Boston. Thank God, you know. But roping the dummy manifested that it started getting the ball rolling right dreaming it thinking it don't limit the possibilities dream in your heart god blesses the one not leaning on the shovel the one digging the hole there's big words in that i hope it serves that little girl well you know she's about 11 or 12 she might also say you know there's a crazy guy one time talking about digging holes i don't want to dig holes i want to go to school maybe she ends up being a lawyer maybe the governor somewhere you know be great too but that's, that's one thing that served me well throughout my career, you know. So that's why moving forward, we start looking at the things we're going to make 1% better. Let's be 1% better tomorrow. Let's not limit our possibilities, man. This is a fun year. And uh, I have to think back, you know, some of our funnest times on the road. I got to buddy this year with Billy Jack Sabins, Jake Clay. You know, I got Billy Jack over here opened up on the Toter Tales podcast. I did tell my partner, too, and I'm going to hold his feet to it. So anybody that listens and watches these podcasts that see Logan Medlin, you tell him that he owes 
He owes me a trip because I said, all right, here's the deal. One more trip to the South Point, and you're on the Toto Tales podcast. And he said, all right. He reluctantly agreed, and then, bam, we won round eight. So he does. I'm going to get him on there. That's going to be the goal this year for the Toto Tales. We're going to get him on there. You know, and that might even wrap it, too. We might get Logan on here one time, boom, call it done. But, no, so I get to thinking about some of our funnest times. You know, we had a fun crew. Jake Clay, you know, he's new to heading. Like, he, I say new, like he hadn't been to some of their setups and rodeos. He is insanely gifted. You know, I think what Jake Clay does such a great job of is he reads the cow well. He reads the situation well. He's always going to give you a chance to throw your rope for big money. And that's, those are huge, huge accreditation for, for a header, you know. And uh, Billy Jack, one of my best buds, a lot of fun to hang out with. And Billy's the guy that seals the deal, you know. Like that's, I've always thought he's very clutch. And uh, he's a gifted, gifted, gifted horseman. And he's amazing with his rope. And those are two very dangerous combinations. And they were so much fun this summer. You know, we, we took off. We took uh, we took Billy Jack had this awesome black Peterbilt 370 or 3473 Pete. I mean, it sounded so awesome, right? Like, I can't even describe to you. You know, like when you were a kid, like 17, and, like, the straight pipe was cool? Like, it's that on steroids. It sounded awesome in the beginning and then now that you're 38 you're like man that could be a little quieter you know <laughs> no i love that it. it sounded amazing you know we had a fun crew we went to reno we hung out they we taught those guys to play golf uh billy jack saban sure enough stuck it a foot from 220 yards out like that's that's a thing that happened uh jake clay he's he's got all the game of a golfer and he you know he makes bad shots like the rest of us and expects great shots so he's got a bright future as a golfer and we had so much fun uh we went to reno hung out for a full week and then we fly back we went uh to Greeley. had j-dub bring us a rig j-dub was up there just j-dub and grouching around i mean it felt normal again it was so much fun and one of my favorite times with that crew is we left belfouche or uh, we left tiffany's so we've actually been to tiffany wagner her parents have a place she's flown in she's helping us get around we're driving Billy Jack's rig. It's awesome. And Tiff and I would be in the like we would be in the truck, and my bed was the back seat because a lot of times we'd get places and I'd have to do homework. You know, I'd have to. I had this weird astronomy project where I had to draw the moon for like 18 days in a row, or you had to draw it, you had to look at it, observe it like 25 days, draw it 18. So, you know, to keep everybody, I would do whatever, help drive, sleep, and then when we got stuff. You know, got places, got par, we build our pins. And it was fun. We were like a NASCAR pit crew, man. We rolled in, hit the air brake, everybody unhinged. Like, everybody got out. We were building pins here. Somebody's packing water. Somebody's getting hay. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, we had a system, man. It was fun. And it was fun to be a part of a good group like that. And then everybody would go lay down in the trailer. And everybody kind of had their own bed, their own spots. And uh, so I would, I would go to the back of the truck, which is where my spot was. And that's where I slept, was on the couch in the back. And that way I can kick the door open, draw the moon, do whatever homework I got to do. doesn't keep anybody awake, you know. And uh, anyways, we, we've been at Tiffany Wagner's. We like to try to make home base there when we can because her dad, Alvin, amazing cook. Like I'll tell you, he'll make a breakfast that will – he'll make a breakfast so good that you'll win Cody, Wyoming. That's a fact. That happened this year. But uh, anyway, so we've been at Tiff's. We've, we've uh, gotten all the accommodations at her house. Now we got to leave. we got to head to Belfouche. And we take off, and it's only like, I forget how many hours over there, Like, but we're, we take off, it's six hours, let's say. Well, the first few is going good. You know, I'm I've, I've getting homework done, doing all this and that. Everybody's kind of already went to bed. Tiff's driving. And I can tell Tiff's getting a little tired, right? And now Tiff, you know, she, she, I like getting her into deep conversations. You know what I mean? Because then, at the, it, you know, honestly, when you're in the middle of the night and you've, you've already been through ACDC and Snoop Dogg, and everything in between like there's nothing left but good conversation and good community coffee and uh, so we're trucking along and i start saying you know the differences of the like i never really understood like if you were catholic versus like jewish versus like methodist you know what i mean like i never understood the labels i didn't really understand all that <clears throat> now tiffany she's very highly educated in all this so I start picking her brain, right? And I can always see, like, an opening in, in Tiffany's armor of, like, 
hey, that might that might turn up the volume. You know what I mean? And uh, so I start telling him, like, well, how do we know that like Christianity, Christianity isn't really a form of Hinduism, right? <laughs> now I know that that's not a possibility, and I understand. But I'm I'm selling it, man. I'm selling it. And this Tiff, who is the hottest person in the world, like she never turns the air conditioner on, right? She's always cold. Like she's she just always runs cold. She's got to be hot. She's got to she's gonna have her blankets on. She's gonna have her coat on. Like, and she's from Montana, you know what I mean? But, like, she, she's fine in the heat. Like, she loves the heat. She's starting to get hotter under the collar. Like, she is, whew, and she cranks the air up. But when she cranks that air up, whoop, we whoop the belt off. The pulley went bad, and we smoked the belt that runs the air conditioner <laughs> in the black peak. So now we've got, which ain't the end of the world, you know, like, it's 3 in the morning. And she's awake. Like, she is fired up telling me, what a stupid comment that was and how that's no way correct. But, I mean, I'm selling it, baby. You know what I mean? And I said, hey, if nothing else, it kept you awake for the last three hours. And then she couldn't hardly go to sleep once we got to Belfouche. And then on the 4th of July, here you are. It's the 4th of July, holiday weekend. Nobody's open, right? So I start making some phone calls, figure out, got some buddies up here in town. All right, they run me around. We go get a new belt. Turns out we needed a whole new pulley and all this stuff we couldn't get. So now we've got to drive from Belfouche to Mobridge, South Dakota, North Dakota, one of the Dakotas, Mobridge. We're headed to Mobridge, and uh, no air conditioner. Hot. You thought that Pete was loud before when you could put the windows up. It's real loud whenever you can't. But it was fun. You know, it's it's fun. Like those times where like it was miserable. It was hot. It was miserable. And Tiffany's in the back, like in her bedroll. I'm like, you're crazy. How do you do that? She's like, I like it dark. And I'm like, you're gonna smother. Like I'm worried about you. You're gonna dehydrate because you got to be sweating in there. But, uh, you know, one of the things I, I think now you look back and it was like, man, those are the most miserable times, right? Like those are the times you just like, oh, can we get a little bit of air here? I need some Dairy Queen, you know, something. We need to get an ice cream in here. And those are always the funnest times when you look back, you know, funnest times. Like our first trip to Canada. I'll never forget. We went to Canada this year. Calgary has team roping for the first time ever, right? And I was scared to death. I'm not going to lie to you. I've never really traveled outside the U.S. We've never had need to, you know? When I went on my honeymoon, that's the first time I'd really been overseas. Maybe back in the day when I went with the rope company, you know, like that was, or went out of the country, if you will. I've never been overseas, never been to Canada. And all you hear about is all the horror stories about getting trapped up there, getting, can't get across the border, can't do this, can't do that. And like, we've never been. And, you know, we'd had a, a good enough summer that we didn't feel the need to take horses. So we were going to fly up there. So when we take off and fly and, uh, get a good horse lined out man that was a fun horse to ride but i'm nervous all morning and of course my partner and i were on two different flights like his leaves at like six in the morning mine leaves at like 10 and the where we're staying to the airport is an hour so like we get over there to the airport drop him off tiff and i go grab some breakfast then she drops me off and like we fly all day separated and then bam we end up at the hotel now <clears throat> i had tried to book the hotel that ryan Motes told me about he said hey man this is a spot to stay they got good food right there. Because all I'd heard about Canada, and I don't know, but maybe their food isn't that great. Now, if you're from Canada, I'm going to come back on that statement here in a minute. But I'm just saying uh, that's just the word on the street, right? So I'm worried about that. I'm like, man, like, I don't want to get up there. I mean, I can survive a day, surely, you know. But So we get across. I go through the customs deal, which, you know, if you've never done a whole lot, it's a, it's a nerve-wracking process. But I go through there, and I'm like, whew, hey, that was easy. So I text Logan and say, hey, man, it's not that big a deal. Um, there wasn't as many body cavity searches as I thought there was going to be. And, uh, in fact, there was none. So we get through all that. We have a good time. We go to the rodeo. It was so awesome. I'll never forget. We walk in the arena that they're having the rodeo at. And, like, they they're so want us there. Like, I'm not going to lie, Armin, kind of the what you thought was like, man, they're just putting us, they're just adding us to the side. Like, they don't really care about team roping. You know what I mean? It's easy to think that. We're not in the main rodeo, this and that. Sure, breakaway ropers know what I'm talking about. But when we got there, it was so awesome. Like at check-in, they were so grateful that we were there. They were so great. Like they were the the they were the best committee, right? One of the best committees that we've seen all year. Like they were awesome. I enjoyed every minute of being there. It was so much fun. The crowd was fun. You know, it was just a, they're good people. So they go into the, like they got a little indoor arena. They're gonna have the team roping in. And when I I kid you not, like it's it's. 45 minutes till showtime like steers are drawn 
I go in there to check, see what we got, maybe check out the measurements, look at the boxes, this and that. They're having a horse pulley. Like they're having like where the Belgians hook to the bricks and drag them. That's happening. This rodeo is supposed to be in 45 minutes. I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, uh, how's this going to work? Talk to the judges. They're like, oh, we got to build the boxes and do this and that. Horse pulling's over. And, there, and that place was packed. Like that arena was packed, packed. And horse pulling's over. They drag all that stuff out. They build the boxes. They drag it up. Not one person left. Not one person in the crowd left. Everybody stayed. They had a laser show. It was amazing. Right up until I missed the second one. We placed on our first one. I missed the second one. Well, now, like, we got my phone, and I'm, dude, we just, I got the room, and the room is so far. Like, I thought, like, like, airport, arena, my hotel, like, way out here. And uh, so, we get an Uber. First thing we got to do, we got to eat something, man. I'm starving. Like, let's uh, let's go to a steakhouse. Now, I watch Letterkenny, right? So, that's my perception of Canada, you know? And, uh. So I was like, hey, let's go get some bird of beef. You know what I mean? I've heard about this bird of beef. Twice the omegas and bird of beef. So we head over and find a steakhouse. When I tell you I had one of the top three best steaks of all time, like it rivaled the old Diamond Bar Ranch beef here. Like top three steaks of all time. Delicious meal. We sit down and have a, I got so full. This was awesome. There were some locals in there, you know, and we, we cowboy hats, the whole deal, because we just left the rodeo. So these nice ladies walk over, you know, they got their husbands and everybody out dancing. They're like, come on, guys, let's dance. Like trying to pull us into a group dance. Now, you guys know I'm a dancer, baby. Like I'll shake the moneymaker. I am too full to get out of this booth. I said, ma'am, I apologize, and I'm not trying to be rude, but I physically cannot. I am physically too full to dance right now. What's fixing to happen is I'm going to undo this belt buckle. One space, maybe have to pop that Wrangler button, and I'm going to get in this gab, and we're going to get laid down. My feet are going to have to get above my belly pretty soon. Great. It was awesome experience. You know, I remember being so scared about going to Canada. When I got up there, it was amazing. They're awesome people. It was so much fun. I had one of the greatest steaks of all time. It was such a good time. You know, and probably my favorite memory of the entire summer, I had to take a three-month or a six-week course, right? I took astronomy. This summer, I took astronomy and some other class, and I took human trafficking, didn't even know that was a requirement, right? But, like, that's my book, Human Trafficking. It comes in a uh, envelope from Amazon. My book does, The Slave Next Door, and a book labeled Human Trafficking, right? In the same box that my wife ordered some children's Tylenol. You know what I mean? I felt weird about that. thought, we're on a watch list, for sure. So it's been, a, I mean, a unique class, and I think it's something everybody should take, honestly. And as a parent to two little girls, like, it's amazing the information that was in there. So I got, in fact, I had just gone to Canada because I'd done all my homework for human trafficking because I didn't even want this book in my possession as I tried crossing the border. You know what I mean? feel that weird about it. So I had to get the truck. The toter had to get new tires, and we were getting it oil changed and stuff, and, and uh, we were up at Deadwood and everything. I got, I got a final. I got the finals week. So now I need to stop somewhere that I can get some Wi-Fi, you know, or just somewhere I can sit down with all my stuff. Uh, it's a couple of books, you know, it's all this stuff, and uh, I, I need a big area, if you will, but I can't hang out in the Toter home. So one of my favorite places to go, if you ever get the opportunity and you're up north, Pizza Ranch, baby. Jake Pinalto turned me on to it. I love it. Love a pizza ranch. So Billy Jack, that's, that was always our spot. So Tiff, when she was helping Billy Jack and I a couple years ago, we always hit the pizza ranch. So we were in Rapid City. I'm like, hey, let's just run over here to the pizza ranch. Now, Tiff's going to help me a little bit as I shoot these questions out because it's like two we got two books it's an open book test and but i got two books going you know what i mean if i need to do some sort of google search the whole deal and uh <laughs> so i asked this nice lady i walk in i said ma'am what is like is there a time limit for being here and she just i said not to eat necessarily i said i just need to sit down and do some studying and computer work but i need about an hour hour and a half she's like oh yeah that's fine that's fine i'm like thinking man i'm not going to eat pizza for four hours i mean i might give it a try sometime but not today so we go to the back room. I've got everything set up, you know. Went ahead and hit me some, I mean, right off the bat. I had to try some of their dessert pizza, cactus bread. If you, if you know, you know, you know. So I've hit the cactus bread. I'm firing on all eight cylinders. Now we're ready to rock and roll. So I get in there, and I'm rocking and rolling through it. Well, meanwhile, I mean, I'm 20 minutes into this test, and once you start them, you can't stop. And I got these two books going. Tiff's over here. If I holler out a word, she's looking up the definition. As I'm looking over here because she, you don't have a study guide. You don't know what book it's going to be in. I mean, it's wild. So in walks this church group. 
right? And they're loud, which is fine. Like, I'm, I can deal with noise, man. I'm good. I focus. I'm, I'm rocking and rolling, baby. We're getting through this test. We're getting through this test until the church group starts to pray. It's the exact same time as I holler out. So, in what year did the union uh, prohibit child prostitution? Right, because you had to know the year, the statute, the what rule, this and that. Right in the middle of the youth group's prayer, they're looking up. Sorry, I'm doing a test. I did make an A. We did a good job. Straight A, 4.0. Yelling out answers at Pizza Ranch. It was awesome. It was a good time. Learned a lot in that class. I'll tell you what, if you're in school, you need to take that class. Human trafficking. Amazing. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Taking finals at a pizza ranch. Having some bird of beef. Rolling without an air conditioner while asking all sorts of, of uh, Christian beliefs to Tiffany. You know, those are the fun things you remember all summer. The victories. Round 10 came around. I didn't remember. I didn't remember missing the high team at Dodge City. I couldn't drum up that emotion. What does 1% look like for us? What does that look like? Like I said, resolutions, it's a firm decision to do or not do something. That was a hard one for me to get my, my head around, you know? Blessings always follow action. Opportunities always come to the ready. I believe that wholeheartedly. So here we are, my final week of the year, my favorite week of the year, you know? It's a time we get to reflect back on the past, what's happened. We relive all the good times. We laugh about them. We joke about them. And we start making changes and planning on the future, what we're going to do next year. How's it going to look different, you know? And I think I'm going to finish this, um, this Total Tales with something I've never really done before. You know, I'm going to tell you my goals for next year. And I'm a big believer, and if you have goals, you write those goals down, right? You write those goals down. Tell them to somebody. Tell them to somebody. I'm not saying you brag it around town. And I tell my nephew all the time, you know, he would be telling me all his accomplishments. And I'm like, man, that's amazing, and I'm so proud of you but I want you to remember something. It's our job to do great things. It's their job to talk about them, right? But I think it's awesome to have somebody, like I tell my goals to Steph, where she can hold me accountable, right? How are you getting along with that? Are you happy with your progress? Not in a judgmental kind of way, because it has to be a safe place, you know? It has to be that where you can have honest evaluation and not, not feel like you're getting attacked. I think that's important. You got to be able to look at things like a math problem, pull out the good, the way to bad, fix it, fix it. No emotion tied to it. So my goals for this year, all right, I want to I want to make the national final steer open. That's a big one. That's a goal that's been started since last year. I've started in April, right? Our goal, get into San Antonio. Got into San Antonio now. Let's take advantage. We have that opportunity. J Dub was down there taking the suck in that hole, laying the water line. Stuck in his boots, cutting himself out, looking like Huck Finn, barefooted, right? They're making sacrifices so that I can have a chance to be great. What am I doing with their time? Am I giving 100%? Am I, am I truly giving everything I have to give? Is there more I can do? That's what you apply to a goal. I want to make this tier open finals this year. I want to win an all-around at a major, just like I did last year at Cheyenne. I want to do that at Pendleton or Cheyenne or San Antonio or because I'm not going to lie to you, Stetson Wright, <laughs> he, he ain't no Tuesday, as my boy Larry Hammonds might say, right? And I'm not, I'm not naive to the fact that he's maybe one of the greatest. We're watching one of the greatest professional rodeo athletes that's ever breathed a breath of air. And that is a huge statement with who's been before him. But I want to win an all-around at a major. He can't win all of them. I can win one of them, right? That's my goal. National final steer open, win an all-around at a major. And I want to win the world title heading. I want to go buckle as his world champion header. I work very hard at this. I apply myself every day. I work hard. Like I have a, a strong work ethic. Now, how am I going to apply that? How am I going to? I'll be honest. I've always said those words out loud in the mirror to myself. But I never really put much zing behind them. In other words, if it happened, it happened. Right? If it happened, that'd be great. But it was never something that I said, I'm going to do this. Now, I am going to do this. I'm going to believe in my head that it can happen. I'm not going to limit my possibilities. Right? We'll see if that works. We'll reflect next year and see. 
My goal is to make 2023 the best one yet. Don't limit your possibilities. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a wonderful and safe new year. 1% better. What's that look like next year? So as always, thanks for listening to Toter Tales. And I'm going to remind you, never miss an opportunity to make somebody's day a little bit better. Goodbye, everybody.